What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. everybody to another episode of speaking of murders and welcome to all you new listeners out there Before and the old ones hi how you doing yeah. thanks for sticking around that's why i said hello to everybody and welcome to the new listeners you only ever say hi to the new ones yeah no you I act still. like the old ones don't care <laughs> <laughs> well before we get into today's episode a little bit of business we have another show speaking of missing persons you should go check that out if you like this you'll like that if you want to see photos associated with today's episode, make sure you're looking at our uh, social media outlets. We've got Instagram and Facebook. We post pictures up there. Instagram.com slash Haunted. The Facebook, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but it's linked in our <laughs> episode description. It's the Facebook.com backslash uh, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Yes. Yeah, that. So you can check stuff out there. We also have a Patreon where we put up bonus episodes every other week. So get subscribed to that so you're not missing out on those. All of our regular episodes are on there without that little ad at the beginning. And make sure you're leaving a review, leaving five stars wherever you're listening and sharing it with your friends, your family, whoever co-workers you know don't let them miss out on all the fun and if you have a case you want to hear on the show send that to our email missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com so all of that said sarah tell us about some murders i'd love to bob it's just a murder okay and it's not a good one it's pretty sad is any murder a good one i mean it's just like one of those that i feel like it's going to ruin Smith's day. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some that, like, she's cool and she's, like, you know, not traumatized. And then there's the ones where she's traumatized. This is probably a traumatizing one. Sweet. All right. So we're in 2019 in Kentucky. So long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, forever ago. Should we just refer to it as pre-pandemic Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. In the olden times. Yeah. <laughs> pee pee. In the olden <laughs> days of Kentucky. It was pee pee. Pre pandemic. Pee pee. In the pee pee days. Pre COVID. So I just want to say that I was researching a missing persons case that took place in Kentucky in 2019. And this girl's stories kept popping up with those articles. Because her murder happened also in 2019, but she was missing for a while first before they found her. Okay. So I will be doing another case from Kentucky in 2019 at some point on Speaking of Missing Persons about the girl I was originally looking at. So shameless plug, check out Speaking yes. of Missing Persons. So this case is about a girl named Savannah Spurlock. She was 22 years old. 
and already the mother of a four-year-old, two-year-old, and one-month-old twins. How old was she? Wow. 22. All of her kids were boys. She had four boys, which God love her because I have one and it's rough. When Savannah found out she was pregnant with the twins, she had to stop attending Eastern Kentucky University and move back in with her mom in Richmond, Kentucky, which we are all familiar with. Yeah, know exactly where that is. Mm -hmm. Okay, except Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) We've spent afternoons there. Yes, we have. All right, so almost exactly a month after delivering her twins... On January 3rd, 2019, so her twins were born December 1st-ish, 2018, Savannah asked her mom if she could borrow her car to hang out with one of her girlfriends, and this was like 10 o'clock at night, and her mom let her, but she was thinking like she'll only be gone for a little bit, and... She wanted Savannah to kind of let loose a little because she had, you know, she's a mom of four. And so she was trying to, like, let her go have fun. Mm -hmm. Savannah and her friend drove her mom's car to Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. They went to one of their guy friend's houses where the three of them got into his car and went to a bar near the University of Kentucky campus called The Other Bar. Okay. That's what it's actually called? Yeah, it's called The Other Bar. If you're somewhere and you're like, hey, you want to go to The Other Bar? They're talking about that place. Yeah. (laughs) That's clever. (laughs) Yeah. So this is reported to be like 30 miles or so from her house. They arrived there after midnight. At some point, though, Savannah's friends wanted to leave. One of them had somewhere to be in the morning. She, however, was like, no, I want to stay till the bar closes at 2.30. I never get to go out. Right. This caused the two girls to get into an argument at the bar because her friend was like, no, dude, we got to go. He has somewhere to be. He's our ride. Like, we got to go. While there, Savannah had started talking to these three guys she had never met before and decided she was going to stay at the bar with these guys instead of leaving with her friends. No, you don't mm, do that. That's a bad idea. You don't do that. Horrible idea. Don't because do that. She wanted to stay and have fun. Go have fun at your friend's house. Her mom woke up around 3 a.m. and realized Savannah had not come home. She was not supposed to be gone that long. So her mom called her, which made Savannah really mad, and she ended up hanging up on her mother. But she did call her right back on FaceTime. So she got mad, hung up on her, but then was like, I'll just call you on FaceTime kind of a deal so we can argue and face-to-face, I guess. Okay. That is what I want less than anything. I'd much rather argue just over a direct phone call than... You looking at my face the entire time. Yeah, but I don't know if at this point she might have been doing using FaceTime more as a... So her mom could see her surroundings, maybe. Anyway, Savannah was in a car at this time with two men that her mom didn't know. She was sitting in the back seat with one of the men. 
She told her mother not to worry. She was fine and would be home in the morning before she needed her car back. Her mom said that the men were hollering in the background for her to chill out, like the mom to chill out. She also said that Savannah did not appear to be in any kind of distress. And she, but she had no idea where Savannah was going in this car. Okay. So I guess not really thinking anything of it, her mom went back to bed. When she woke up the next morning at 8.30, Savannah was still not back. So she started calling her phone, but there was no answer. She kept calling all day, trying to get a hold of Savannah, but having no luck. She also realized that her super outgoing daughter had not posted anything on social media at all that day which was not like her. She was, like, posting her whole life on some kind of social media platform. She was very into social media, but had literally went quiet for that whole day. Which is definitely noticeable. It really is. For people. So, at 7 p.m. on January 4th, so this is that next day that she hadn't come home, Savannah's mother reported her missing with the Richmond Police Department. They immediately took this case seriously because she's the mother of four. Right. They're like, this is a huge deal. The first to be questioned were her friends that she was last known to be with. They told investigators about going to the other bar, the argument, and the three men. Since Savannah had left her mother's car at her friend's house, police searched it and found that she had left her main purse inside her mom's car so she had only taken with her like a little small bag that like a clutch right that she just had things she needed to get in the bar so probably like driver's license debit card and her cell phone makes sense all the time Next, investigators went to the other bar and searched their security system along with any surrounding security system that was outside the bar. What they saw was Savannah leaving the bar with three men and heading toward the parking garage across the street from the bar at 2.30 a.m. In the footage, she looks very cold because... All she's wearing was a maroon mini skirt, a black v-neck blouse, and these extremely high strappy heels. And it's January. She has no jacket. Oh boy. In the footage, they see Savannah holding on to one of the men, almost like she's trying to get like support, like It was hard for them to tell if she was drunk or if she was having a hard time walking across the grass in these heels because, like, super high stiletto heels is what she's wearing. I mean, it could have been both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Savannah gets into the car with two of the men while the third follows them in a truck. Investigators release this footage to the media because they're hoping, like, people will know who these dudes are. So they didn't get any license plates on those cameras? No. Within four days of Savannah's disappearance, all three men were identified and brought in for questioning. Just from their the surveillance video being posted on media outlets. Well, that's good. Yeah. They all confirmed 
that she left the bar with them. One of the men named David Sparks admitted that they brought her back to his parents' farm where he lived in Garrett County, which was about a 50-minute drive from the bar. Damn. But he told police that at some point she woke him up, asked him what the address was of his house, so he believed that she called for a ride. He said he went back to sleep, and when he woke up again that morning, she was gone. He did tell police she could have left on foot, but he wasn't sure because he was asleep. The other two men told investigators that, yes, she was at the house with the three of them and that they drank more together. And Savannah was unconscious. I can't even say that word. Unconscious. Yes. When they left. Both men claimed that Sparks had touched Savannah while she was passed out and that they had wondered and like even talked to each other about if they should leave her alone with him. But ultimately, they didn't believe he would hurt her, so they left. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. And I'm going to point out that Sparks is a white dude. The other two guys are black. Okay, it doesn't matter to the story whatsoever, but a lot of things I read made it sound like it was a big deal. It it doesn't matter. So, because Sparks himself even tries to be like, make it a racial thing. Investigators searched Sparks' family farm and house, but found no sign of Savannah. So, like that... Within four days, they searched her, his house and property and found nothing. Well, I'm not going to say nothing. They didn't find any sign of her. They did note that it looked like some of the walls had been freshly cleaned on the bottom of the walls, but not the tops. And they did find a letter in Sparks's nightstand that would keep him under suspicion like that would make him a big suspect so the letter was written on like the way they described it it was a binder in his nightstand only this paper was written on with this letter and the rest of the loose leaf paper in it was clean so it was like a new binder with new paper put in it kind of a deal He said, though, that it was written, like, years before. Police were like, "Mm, no, it looks like you just went out and bought this binder and loose-leaf paper, dude. Like, because you've written on no other pages inside this binder. The letter said things like he was born a psychopath, and he needed to keep this hidden, especially from his mother, and how he could squeeze the life out of someone and not even care. Uh, what would it matter if it was written years ago or not? Yeah, still suspicious, dude. Because Sparks told investigators that he had written that at a time in his life when he was dealing with a lot of rage and was depressed and mad because a woman had rejected him. <sighs> they are allowed. <laughs> Women are allowed to tell you no, sir. Yeah, exactly. But he's just pissed off, so he wrote that letter because he was so pissed off that this girl told him no. We are allowed. Yeah, don't even get me fucking started on that shit. So with nothing to tie Sparks to Savannah's disappearance, though, 
they had to keep searching for her. Multiple police stations were involved in the search because obviously she's from Richmond. She was in Lexington. She technically went missing in Garrett County. So a lo- everybody was looking for her and they were looking everywhere they could possibly think of that she could be. Fields, freaking forests, like everywhere. And they found nothing, of course. Mm. This went on for six months. And the whole time, according to what Sparks was shown saying on Snapchat, they were pretty much following him. Had his phone tapped, like all of that stuff. Makes sense. Well, in July of 2019, investigators get a call from Sparks' father. He had been digging up a strawberry patch on the farm when he smelled a foul odor. So he called investigators because he knew right. they were looking for his son. They were No, they were looking for Savannah. Yeah, they were looking into his son for the yeah. missing of her. That's what I meant. Investigators show up and dig up this area and they found the badly decomposed body of Savannah. She was bound and buried in a sh- this shallow grave in the strawberry patch. At the same exact time that they're digging this up, Sparks was in Richmond. He parked at the police station, locked his keys in his vehicle, walked inside, and asked for a public defender. Did so he know that knew. his dad was digging up the yeah, strawberry Yeah, he, he knew he was up shit creek. Well, I, what? <laughs> he had to have known that his dad was going to harvest that patch of strawberries in the fucking first place. I don't think he thought that far ahead, Smetha. Obviously, he was arrested and charged with murder, abuse of a corpse, and tampering with evidence. While in Richmond, a guard found two drawings in Sparks' cell. One was of a naked woman, and the other was of a bound woman. This, at first, made investigators like question whether there was another victim but they never found any evidence that there was another person buried there. The autopsy on Savannah came back inconclusive because of the time that had passed and the decomposition of her body. There was no evidence left for the medical examiner to determine a cause of death. But due to the fact that she was bound, he said it was a homicide. While in jail, Sparks decided to take a plea deal on December 1st, 2020. This plea deal is a big load of horseshit, but here we go. If he pled guilty to all the charges against him, this meant he would not have, he wouldn't have to give any details of Savannah's murder. And investigators told her family they did not know how or why he killed Savannah, but they believed he had done it alone. And when he pled guilty and the case was closed, information was released to the public 
but none of it gave a reason why he did this or how he did it or anything. So no one knows how she died or why she died. That's kind of some bullshit. Yeah. The letter was, like, released, so you can read the full letter online. It's just a bunch of gibberish about how he's a psychopath and he feels bad for his mother that she gave birth to him and he doesn't know how he's going to tell her that he's a psychopath and blah, blah, blah. Um, His three-hour interview at the beginning of the investigation is also public. There's, like, a point where one of the investigators asks him, like, do you think there's a possibility that she's dead? Or have you thought about the possibility that she's dead? And he said, yeah, I've thought about it. He's like, I sure hope not. But you knew. Yeah. That right there deserves a punch in the face. It also revealed that in the six months she was missing, that he had, like, from his phone search... They had found that in those six months, he had repeatedly Googled Richmond missing mother. So, like, he was repeatedly looking... To see if they had any weeds. Yeah, into her case. Now, this is the part that I'm like, why the fuck did he get a... I don't, under, I don't understand why they even offered him a plea deal, honestly. No, because they had it cut clear dry. He could have... I mean, he could have said the other dudes did it, but anyway... As part of his plea deal, he received 50 years in prison for the murder of Savannah, five years for abuse of a corpse, which will he will serve concurrently, and he will be eligible for parole after serving just 20 years of his sentence. So he got fucking parole? Yeah, he can have parole after 20 years. Sparks still to this day, has not given any details about what happened to Savannah in the early morning hours of January 4th, 2019. Her family could not believe he didn't get a harsher sentence because, I mean... Yeah, I'm with them. And said in a statement that their fight for Savannah had just begun. Her aunt actually said if sparks believes he is getting out after 20 years he is wrong because savannah's sons will be grown men by then and they will also be a part of this fight to give their mother justice and that is the story of savannah it was a huge missing persons case in kentucky i remember it being on my news feed all the time in 2019 because, I mean, she had just had babies a month before. That's so messed up. Don't let your friends stay behind. No. no. No matter how much they fight you, drag their ass out of the bar with you. Yes. Do not let them stay behind without a ride to get a ride from strangers. Yeah, I would have been like, uh, no, dude, you have no ride. If you still want to keep drinking and having fun, we'll go to my house and you can keep drinking. Shit, I'll pay. I believe she was, like, so intoxicated by the point that they left that she didn't even realize what she was doing was, like, the wrong thing to do. Right, like, dangerous. And it's sad for her family that they have absolutely no idea what was ha- what happened to her in the last little bit of her life. I'm sure, unfortunately, some very unspeakable fucking things because yeah. she was blacked out. Drunk. 
Yeah, because the other two guys said she was passed out. Like, she was completely unconscious. And they regret not picking her up and taking her with them. But it's not that was their fault. friend, and yeah. they thought he would never do something like that. It's not your yeah. fault. I mean, you wouldn't be friends with someone if you thought that they would. Exactly. So, I don't blame those other two guys. I don't blame the other two guys, and I don't blame her friends. I don't no. blame her either. She just wanted to go out and have a good time. She's 22 years old. Yeah, with four kids. With that's, four kids. That's rough. And it's really sad because I'm sure the only one of the four kids that physically is going to remember who she is is her four-year-old. Yeah, which at this very point, her twins are going to be four at the end of this year. Yeah, and they got to spend a month of their life with her. Well, if you like today's episode, let us know. Give us five stars, leave a review, share it with your friends, your family. And if you have a case that you would like to hear on the show, send that to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. Does anyone have any final thoughts? No. No. All right. Well, we'll see you all back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.